Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. It is good to be in church today. Happy Sunday. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Linnea and... um, My husband and I have the honor and privilege to pastor the 10 a.m. service, and we just love this church, and you guys are our family, and this morning, I believe that God wants to speak to us today, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the tongue and the healthy tongue, and we are in the day and age of wellness, and you young people, you're spending too much money, okay? In 2018, there was an article that ComBank released, and it's like, it's kind of old, okay? I don't have an updated amount, but this is what they said. They said that younger Australians are spending the most money on health and fitness activities, and Gen X is spending $243.4 million a month. That's insane. Gen Y spends $189.2 million. But what if I said to you that the most important thing and muscle that is living actually in between your mouth and it's your tongue and it costs you absolutely not, it's absolutely free, but it could be costing you everything. Here's what I mean by this. First Peter chapter three, verse 10 says this, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. And the first point that I want to make this morning is that the tongue is actually the gateway to the enjoyment of our life. And what this passage says here, and that it's, that it's actually not a sin for us to enjoy our life here on this earth before we get to heaven. But some of us as Christians, we can lose the quality of our life. How is your life going? What does the relationship with your spouse look like? What about your relationship with your kids, the kids at school, your workplace? How's your mindset and your attitude towards that? What about people in this church? Ooh, that person. Right? If you can't say amen, say ouch. Because what this reads here is that if your tongue, if not restrained properly, is actually affecting the enjoyment of your life. And scientific studies actually back this up. And here is what they found. They found that negative and positive words not only have a deep effect on us psychologically, but they actually have a significant impact on the outcome of our lives. In their experiment... Do words hurt? Maria Richer and collaborative scientists actually monitored subjects' brain responses to both positive and negative words. And this is what they found. They found that negative words are actually found to release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones. They found that negative self-talk actually plays a role in the generation or maintenance of anxiety in normal children. And it didn't matter if those words were spoken words, if they were heard, if they were thought. And not only did that affect their situational stress, but the brain was actually found to hold and have damage with long-term anxiety. Holding that negative thought did long-term damage. But here's what they found about positive words. They said one single positive word One word had the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Therefore, 
Exercising positive thoughts can quite literally change one's reality. Newberg and Waldman said this, by holding that positive word and storing it in your mind, it actually stimulates frontal lobe activity. And you're like, what is that? Here's what it is. I'll tell you. This is the area that includes language centers that connect directly to the motor cortex. And the motor cortex is responsible for making you and I do stuff, move into action, motivation for us to wake up and do what we need to do. The longer that these positive words were concentrated on, the more that these started to affect other areas of the brain for the better. This then changes the perception of ourself and other people. And they actually said that holding a positive view of yourself started to teach and train your brain to see the good in other people. Powerful stuff. Then this is consistent. This is consistent that this actually improves our speech. It improves what comes out of our mouth, how we see the world around us. And that then shapes our reality and it changes things for the better. So maybe it's not a new spouse that's going to change your situation. Maybe it's not a new job, but it's actually a new way of speaking that's going to change your life. And I'd like to point out that they mentioned something crucial here. They talk about the holding of words in the mind. But what about holding words in the heart? Luke 6.45 says this, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure in his heart, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You don't get wormy apples off of a healthy tree, nor good apples off of a diseased tree. The health of the apple tells the health of the tree. And so the second point that I want to make this morning is that the tongue is affected by what is stored in your heart. What's in your heart? Because the words that are sitting in your heart are actually determining how healthy you are or are not. And the words that you say and the words that I say and the words that we happily hear that we digest and accept as truth are a measure of our spiritual maturity. That's huge. And Luke is saying that the words that are connected to our heart, they're going to come out. They're going to come out. And, you know, we can tell a lot about a person based off of what's coming out of their mouth. We can only just head to Kohl's. We can go to Woolies and see people fighting in the supermarket, right? We can turn on the TV. If we hear someone grateful and loving and positive, they've got some good treasure going on. One of the biggest things that I get when I'm here. So, where are you from? I'm from the United States. What do you think about Donald Trump? Well, did you know, actually, a lot of my Christian friends say this, Donald Trump has done heaps of good for the United States of America, but Donald Trump's mouth is a loose cannon. That guy just speaks like he has just no restraint. And you know what? That affects him negatively. Do any of you here know a hoarder? Yes. Okay, Kathy, she's the only honest one in here. Maybe you're the hoarder. I partially married a hoarder, okay? Um, when Mikey and I first got married, we 
Um, our house just like didn't have heaps of storage. And I just like to take the credit that I, you know, moved from America. So I like, so I don't have any, I don't have as much stuff as you do. But I just found myself like getting happy. Like I just was chuck stuff in the bin. I'm like, yep, don't need that. Don't need that. Mikey didn't notice. He didn't even notice. Pro tip, guys, if you're getting married. No. But now, now Mikey loves this thing called Facebook Marketplace. And he loves what you guys like to do is just put trash outside of your yard and expect people to come pick it up. And he will see things that are like, oh, I can fix that up and I can sell it. Like the vision that he has for stuff is amazing. Like he is awesome. And he makes money sometimes, but nine times out of the 10, I come, I come home and I have like a table and chairs. I think we've had two smokers sitting in there. I have a coffee machine. Yeah, I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to fix it up. And it's just sitting in there. It's just sitting in there. And one man's trash is another man's treasure. Am I right? But you know, we keep the things that we treasure. We keep the things that we treasure. Don't be hoarding evil treasure in your heart. Be getting rid of that stuff. Chuck it out frequently. Check it. Check in with yourself and get rid of that stuff because, you know, I can't do it for Mikey. I can't just throw away the stuff in his heart and he can't do that to me. And it's really difficult sometimes to be responsible. And if your speech is gossip and complaining and bitterness and hate, then you've got some evil treasure to deal with. And with God's help, he will help you get rid of that treasure. And God doesn't reveal this to us to condemn us, but he does this so that we actually produce health and goodness because that's his hope for us. And I know that being responsible isn't, isn't always an easy task. And the other day I did a terrible thing. I was in the shower and that's not the terrible thing, but I was in the shower and I was like washing my hair. And then I had this revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, my two-year-old she is wandering around and she knows how to unlock and open the front door. Oops, like I already just read the headlines. Mom, let girl go out the front door, was in the shower. And like I'm, my picture's there and like I'm handcuffed, you know, like I had it all sorted. I've seen so much TV. I'm really good at this, okay? If you need help, just let me know. And I ran outside really quick of the shower and I'm like, Scarlett, Scarlett, where are you? And I, di I didn't see her in the, in the section of the playroom and she's just happily playing there. And the level of relief was just immense. And I was like, I will never do that again. But the thing is, is I'm so used to doing everything for her. Since that chick's been born, I have been doing everything for her. And now her sister, same thing, right? And Scarlett is not responsible for her safety. I'm responsible for her safety. But you know, as Scarlett ages and she matures, you better believe I'm going to be giving that, that girl some responsibility because that's what a good mom does because I want her to thrive. It's my job to teach her stuff so she can flourish. And God's just the same way with you and me. And I think it's time this morning that we start really taking serious responsibility to get rid of that evil treasure that's been in our hearts so that we can have more room in our hearts for good things so that we can become the mature Christians that this world is begging for and needs. The third point that I want to make is that the tongue holds power to bring life and death. Wise words satisfy like a good meal, and the right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who talk will reap the consequences. Words kill, 
words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Simply put, you and I have preferences when it comes to what we eat and drink based off of what it tastes like and how it feels. Some people have said that the tongue actually has memory. It can take you to places. Whenever I eat my mom's food, I'm like, oh, I remember that Thanksgiving or certain event, right? But the same thing with words. They can have a satisfying or dissatisfying effect, as food does to the stomach. And sometimes we can be one word away from actually killing or giving life to someone. It's that serious. Let's choose life and let's not choose death. And choice is an interesting thing that we have to play. The most common cause of death in both Australia and in the United States is actually heart disease. When I looked up, how do you prevent heart disease? This is what I found. You eat a healthy, balanced diet. You are more physically active. Keep to a healthy weight. Give up smoking. Reduce your alcohol consumption. Keep your blood pressure under control. All of these things are preventable. Yet, instead of choosing what is possible to prevent this disease, we continue to do as we wish, and the consequence has led to the number one most preventable death. So what does this have to do with your tongue? Even though we may not know that our words have this power, we don't always do what we're told, and we can do the wrong thing. When 9-11 happened, the entire world was never the same. It wasn't just the country of the United States or New York City. It was the entire world. The security of the airlines was never stricter. People were filled with fear and shock, violated even from the act of terrorism and hate. Middle Easterns were just talked about extremely poorly. And then the United States ended up going to war with Afghanistan. I don't know how much money that cost but probably a lot. The most important thing is it actually cost people's lives. 2,402 people were killed, American soldiers were killed, and 20,713 um, American soldiers were injured. And if our words can be classed as a weapon, and we speak 7,000 words in a day, are we just firing them off carelessly? Or are we using our, we our, our weapon to bring about good, to bring about healing, to bring about glory to God and the goodness in our life? And are we willing, more than the airlines, to create security measures, to up the security if we've been struggling with this, so that we're careful of what's coming out of our mouth? Because as Christians, we don't live life for ourselves. We live it for other people. And you know, sometimes the things that we say can actually affect somebody else's eternity. And the fourth point that I want to make is that the tongue is the window to pure and true devotion to God. And this is what I mean by this. James 1.26 says this, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So let me break it down. We're going to look at religion, bridal, deceiving self, and worthless. James is saying, you're, you're considering yourself religious. 
I'm not calling you religious. You're saying, I love Jesus. You're a church follower. You pray, you tithe, you read your Bible. And he's saying that all of that is completely and utterly worthless. Dan Moore can tell me more about what a bridle is on your mouth. And I know that we're in the country, so you guys will probably know what it is better than me. But I will bring it up what it is. So that goes over the head of the horse. And then there's a bit that goes into the mouth of the horse in order to lead and guide that horse so it goes exactly where the person riding it wants it to go. It's for control. And he's saying that we need to be the same way with our mouth. We are to be leading and guiding it and moving it exactly where it needs to go and not just letting stuff just come out. Because if we do, we're fooling ourselves. We're thinking we're on the right track, but we're actually not. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those people. Because my Bible says that one day we're going to have to give an account for everything that we say. And so check what, time, what, some, what comes out of your mouth the next time you're under stress. What's your relationship? What's, what's coming out towards God, towards other people? What about towards others, yourself? And this is the indicator of our maturity and our growth in Christ. Because all of the time you've spent reading your Bible and coming to church is actually worthless for the sake of the gospel. Still do it. You know, we need Jesus. We need, we need God's help. But it's devoid of power in order to bringing others to Christ. It's not productive or a positive influence on other people. Jeff Stott says this, you can be religious all you want, but if your mouth is mean and if it's rude, if it's dirty, if it's sarcastic and it's, and it's untrue, no one will see Jesus in your life and no one will hear what you have to say when you have something important to say. You are salt that lost its saltiness and your light pointing people to God has become dim because of the lack of joy, the lack of hope, the lack of truth, and the lack of love that comes from your mouth. People have either hit the mute button on you or they have just changed channels altogether. They're not listening to you anymore. They're not watching you and your religion is worthless. But I don't think that you guys would be here today. If you didn't want to please God, if you really did want to love his church better and love his people better. And so I have some good news for us this morning, because point number five is that your tongue was made to speak grace and truth. Some of you might recognize that I have an accent and I was born and learned how to talk not by effort, but just by listening to my mom and my dad and my, my brothers and people around me. When I speak, I sound different to you. And I've never, ever been told more than living in another country. You sound really different. Where are you from? And it's often like one of the main things that's noticed about me. And I've lived in Australia now for six years of my life. And my friends in America tell me I sound Australian. Aren't they nuts? I'm like, no, I don't. Um, and my friends, um, they, and, and you guys say, oh my gosh, you sound American, you know? And I'm like, I'm so confused. What do I sound like? But the longer that I'm away from the U.S., the more likely that my accent and the things and the phrases that I say are going to sound more like you because I'm around you. And that's what I'm hearing. But now that I'm a Christian, none of it matters because I should speak like I'm from God's family. 
That's what I should speak like. And Ephesians 2.19 says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So when we're a part of God's family, he adopts us and we become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so we all share the same accent and it should sound like grace and it should sound like truth and we should speak different. And as my two-year-old grows and she learns how to talk, we should be growing in Christ and learning how to talk better and more like Jesus every day. Because the thing is, is when we say yes to Christ, he makes us new. Great. Thank you, God. We're born again. He says that we get new mercies every single day. And he gives us this incredible friend, the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit is called? Our helper. He helps us. He teaches us. And the process called sanctification means that every single day we grow and learn and look more and more like Jesus. Ephesians 2.4 says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And so God didn't do this because he had to. Because he felt bad. Oh my gosh, look at them. They're making a fool out of themselves. He did it because he loved you. And he loved me. He knows that we need help. (laughs) He knows that we struggle with stuff. And the same is true with your mouth. This is why we should sound different than the world. Because God changes us. And when God steps in, there is a crazy transition that happens. We are alive in Christ. We are no longer hopeless. That is huge. What a transition happens. And you know what? What man cannot do, God can do. And the same is true with your mouth. With God's help, we can have a healthy, influential tongue. And with God's help, it's actually possible for us to gain victory over the terrible, evil things that we say and the carelessly spoken malicious words that we can produce and that this world can produce. And you know, your tongue is a powerful thing that God gave you to be used for good. And it's a good weapon to bring life. How are you using your tongue? Maybe you need to let go of some dusty treasure that's been sitting in there and you didn't realize, oh, that's what's going on. And you thought you might just need to change something else, but it's actually what's in here. And you have the ability to do that. Maybe you need to repent of some of the things that you've said. And we'll do that this morning. Maybe you have just continuously tried your best to just speak life. And this world has just caused you to get weary. I want to tell you this morning, well done. Keep going. Keep going. And if all of this just sounds so overwhelming and you're like, Linnea, I try. I cannot control what comes out of my mouth. You can. And this is, this is what God told me to tell you today is that you can by, by his help and with his grace and his mercy and his Holy Spirit. You can begin immediately. You can begin in five seconds from now, five minutes from now, because the thing about God is he doesn't give up on you and on me. He's the God of 5,000 chances, 
but it's all about our heart and us being willing to just come back to him and say, God, I'm sorry, please help me. And acknowledging our need for him is a beautiful thing. And so let me pray for you this morning. Will you close your eyes? Holy Spirit, thank you that you are in this room right now and that you are moving in the hearts of people. And God, we just acknowledge that we struggle sometimes with what comes out of our mouth. Lord, we desire to please you with our tongue and we want to see transformation in this area, Lord, but we cannot do it without your help. And so God, we just come to you and we repent of the things that we've said about other people, ourselves, our situation, you. We thank you that you're more powerful than us. And so we just acknowledge, Lord, that you're greater than our our challenge and our struggle, and we acknowledge our need for you and help in this area. God, we ask that you'd lead us. Keep us from wandering with our mouth. Teach us, God. Help us to walk in the narrow way of our tongue. The road that leads us to life, Lord. The one that's not so common and that other people are just traveling. We know that it's difficult sometimes. Because Jesus, we want to see your face. We want to see your face one day. And there is no word that we say that is worth the cost of losing you. We don't want to trade this world for you because you're our treasure, Lord, and you're our prize, and you are everything that we need. You are amazing, Lord. Thank you that you are kind and patient. We praise you with our tongue, and may we only grow better at declaring your goodness in our life and that other people will be able to just pick fruit from us. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.